Black Compass, Black Compass Media, back live with another one. Shout out to everybody that's out there right now. Stone Bro checking in. Driz. I'm ready. Uh, it's an exciting day. Um, yeah. You know, the first real, you know, sports show we actually having. Um, excited to have this guest on. Um, you know, we're looking forward to this. No, definitely. I mean, this is uh, something different, right? We like to expand what we're doing here. And his brother's been gracious enough to come up here. This is uh, actually really, really dope. You know what I mean? I got a lot of dope questions asked and things like that. Now, let's get to the, let's get to the things. Now, before everything, make sure y'all subscribe and all of that stuff, too. We look, but this is a different bag that we didn't realize. So, uh, introducing on the inaugural episode of Black Compass Sports. So, this is a strong safety, formerly of the Rams, find his new home at, in Cleveland. Right, joining Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delphic, like, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Cleveland Browns, by way of Boston College and the DMV, we got John Johnson, third. What's going on, bro? Yo, what's up, fellas? What's going right. on, brother? Appreciate you coming up here. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. Hey, man, I appreciate y'all for having me. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. Um, so. just. I want to start off by saying congratulations on the new deal this summer. Um, just kind of walk us through what was uh, free agency like for you, uh, just the, the whole experience. Man, it's it's definitely like a it's a tricky situation. It's like you in limbo. I mean, I knew I put myself in a good situation. You know what I'm saying? I was going to get, you know, compensated or whatever. I put in a lot of hard work. I had a good, solid little rookie deal. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's just picking up and moving. You don't know where you're going to go, how far you got to go. Just starting fresh. I mean, the team that drafts you, it's, 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 it got tricky because, you know, I, I thought they might have found a way to bring me back. I mean, I felt like I was yeah. a big part of that that defense, that team, you know, that locker room. So, I, I some in the back of my head was like, they're going to figure it out. They're going to find a way to bring me back. Yeah. But, I mean, the opportunity in Cleveland presented itself, and they got a good team over there. So, I'm, I'm excited. But, uh, you know, free agency is just that month and a half of just nothing for real. So, I'm glad it's <laughs> yeah. over. Yeah, I'm glad it's over, and I'm, I'm glad I got a home. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so you were able to really stand out with the Rams, right? Like, you, you get there, you have a, a great rookie campaign, and then the second year is the breakout year with the four picks and the, you know, 119 tackles, right, combined. Now we get out of that situation. You're one of the highest-rated safeties. Even though you got the strong core right there, the strong defense and everything, is there still a little bit of pressure in going into the situation with expectations being the way that they are? Going into the Cleveland situation? Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, yeah and no. I feel like, you know, the game been slowing down. Each year I've been in the league, it's just been slowing down, slowing down. So there's really no pressure. I mean, like I said, they got a good situation over there. They already had a, a solid defense. And like I told the, the staff, I just said, look, I'm, I'm happy about this because I don't got to be Superman over there. I just got to come in. <laughs> yeah, I just got to come in, be myself, you know, make the plays that are presented to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I told some people earlier, I came from AD and, and Ramsey. I'm going yeah. to Miles Garrett and, and Denzel. Like, yeah, they, yeah. They're going to do their part. I just got to do mine. So it's really no pressure. I'm ready for it. Definitely. Right. Now, now, a lot of people, they, they, you know, see where John Johnson is today. But I kind of want to go back. You know, um, Hyattsville, Maryland. Um, what was, you know, you played receiver and safety in high school. What ultimately made you shift more toward defense uh, in your early years of football? Yeah, I, I felt like I was way cold at receiver. Um, just I think I was a natural receiver. Even I played basketball, like I'd go up and get a rebound. That's how I went up and got a football. So, But to be honest, I think it was just the speed thing, like, I ain't really had that that breakaway, you know, home run wide receiver speed. So I'm like, hmm, yeah. let me figure this out. So making that transition to defense, it just felt like a perfect fit. And, you know, possibility of going to the league, I feel like just defense is a better fit for me. What was um what was the the recruiting process kind of like for you in high school? Cause you were uh you were recruited, but you weren't like a five star, heavily touted player. So what was the process like for you as far as finding a, a collegiate home? Yeah, it was rough. I mean, my area growing up, I'm, I'm from PG County, Maryland, and that's really mm -hmm. like a private school dominated area. Like if you don't go to DeMatha, Good Council, Gilman, one of them schools, it's hard to get offers and get looked at. So 
I can just remember we used to, me and my homeboys, we used to sell candy, raise money to take trips from down the East Coast, go to these one-day camps just to get looked at. Like, coach, they ain't look at our tape. Like, we sent it out to everybody. They just, you know, breezed by it because of the school we went to. But uh, I, I can remember Boston College came to my school to see my running back. The running back coach came to see him. Um, and I was just doing my little work in the sand pit, full work drills. All he like, who, who is that? So I had to drive up there to Boston College. We, we got in the minivan, drove up there, and I had I went to a one-day camp, and I did what I had to do. I was on both sides of the ball, just showing what I could do. And they offered me, I think, like, the next day, two days later, and I wow. committed because that, that's all I had. Like, I had a bunch that of – That was your only offer? I had a bunch of one double A schools and like Max, the Mac conference. I had a bunch of those schools, but that was like my first power five school to offer me. Yeah. Uh, but even, even before that, like when you was just coming up in high school, see, listen, I'm going to be honest, right? Like I, I got to be real with myself. Like I'm not a crazy all time athlete. You won't see me at no top Rochester, nothing upstate. So I even got to go back to high school when I, when I talk to players that are, you know, at a level where you're you're at. So when when was that spark where it was like, yo, I got it? Like what was it a moment? Was it a singular play where you was like, I, I'm I can be, you know, out here one day, you know what I mean, in terms of being elite? Yeah, I think that's a good question because I can remember my freshman year, I was on JV. And I was like, I had a growth spurt from from freshman year to sophomore year. So I didn't even think it was a possible I just was out there having fun playing football. Mm-hmm. So I hit that growth spurt my sophomore year. A bunch of my homies got moved up to varsity, like a bunch of my sophomore homies. I ended up staying on JV for half the season because we couldn't bring all the sophomores up. Like, I, I was just on JV. That's just how it was. So then I finally got moved up. And I think I had – I think it was the last game of the season. I had three picks in in, a, in one game. And, like, all the was like, what the – they was like, why he wasn't up here the whole time? Like, so I think at right. that moment I was like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can compete. And then from there – it just was like you said, going to them big rivals camps and like them like showcases. Once I started to do that and started to you know really compete with the big dogs, I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's a possibility. Right. How come I, I, you know, you look around the NFL today and you have yourself, um, Dwayne Haskins, Chase Young, uh, Darren Waller. It's a lot of PG County, but a lot of DMV talent um, as a whole. You got the Diggs brothers; they're from Baltimore, I believe. Um, why don't we hear as much about DMV football, high school football, like we hear about Texas high school football and the Florida boys in Georgia? Yeah. Why, why Why don't we hear as much? Because you guys have a lot of NFL talent as well. To be honest, I don't know. Because I, I, I saw some a couple years ago. It was like per capita, like Maryland got the most dudes like in the league or, or, or that go D1. So I just think right. this is a smaller state. I mean, mm-hmm. that's how we get overlooked. It's just not like a, a lot of big schools out there. But pure talent-wise, like you said, this dude's in the league like that we forget about. Like even Joe Hayden, like that yeah. been doing it for a minute. Like so, mm-hmm. the DMV, and on top of that, we are kind of like a, a basketball state. They used to say. I feel like I was kinda, thinking that too. I feel like yeah, it's changing it over a little bit, but yeah, it's definitely talent in the DMV area. Right, mm-hmm. right, and, and even in uh, just to, to finish up with the high school stuff is like. What do you feel like separated people? Because I think there's a moment, you know, when you playing ball, it's like a lot of people go, you know, the other way, like the, you know what I mean? And or they have circumstances that affect what is going on. Like, did you ever run into that in terms of like other people where you felt like, yo, this dude is good enough to be here, but the circumstances maybe didn't work out? Like, 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 can you talk a little bit about that experience? For sure. I, I know like the biggest, strongest dudes, like just, couldn't get out the streets. Like, mm-hmm. I know dudes that could chase down anybody in, in boots and jeans, like just <laughs> pure athletes. But you know what I'm saying? They just couldn't. Things ain't go right, even whether it's in, inside the house, family situations, you know, uh, not even going to school to have grades to to showcase your ability. So I feel like that's everywhere. But the, the freak athletes that I know, they not even playing right now. So yeah. it's definitely for sure. And I think just making sacrifices, that's what happened with me. Like sometimes I ain't had a, the shoes that I wanted because I wanted to get cleats or something. Sometimes I couldn't go to the mall and hang out with my friends because I wanted to be on the field. So it's just, I think, making those sacrifices and honestly just being lucky. Like it's, Eric, yeah. the stars got to align because there's it's yeah. plenty of people out there that don't even get a chance to showcase what they could do. So it's getting lucky, being blessed, and sacrificing. 
But um, early on, so so going to Boston College, coming from the DMV, uh, what were some of the like you know the challenges? I'm pretty sure it's a it's a culture change going from the DMV to Boston. Uh, so what what were some of the challenges? Uh, just you know getting acclimated to being out of the home for the first time and somewhere somewhere else in the country. Yeah, I'm, so the area I grew up in is predominantly black. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a couple like Latinos, very small white. So when I went up to Boston College, not even just Boston as a city, I feel like it's it's a you know predominantly white city. They got hoods mm -hmm. and stuff. They got like uh, like you know it's, it's a major city. Yeah, but going to Boston College itself, like I had long dreads. I can remember going up there. Them girls like, can I touch your hair? I'm like, what? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like, like they ain't never even come seen on, man. Before I'm telling you, so it was different. Luckily, like I, I was a little culture, you know. So I ain't grow up, you know, judging people and stuff like that. So it, yeah. it was different, but you know, just being around people that you know that came from money was different. Uh, mm -hmm. Just it was, it was, it wasn't a culture shock, but I, I definitely enjoyed the opportunity. You know, what I'm saying to, to see some different, see some new, because I always wanted to go to HBCU, but if their, mm -hmm. their football not big enough, so I had to do what I had to do, and uh, yeah, it, it was different for sure, though. Yeah, HBCU dreams to Boston College. That's that's. Too <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they got they don't got big football. Yeah, they had big football. I'll be there. There was a, there was a you know it's interesting you said that there was a conversation I had with someone about like what if all of the the talent just said yo we just going to HBCUs you know what I mean like what that would do for the programs and stuff like that you know what I mean but. Is it already too, you know what I mean, entrenched in terms of the system you feel like with college football that you can't have that type of seat change? Yeah, that, that's what it is. It's the money. I mean, the TV deals, the equipments, the facilities, like HBCU, they'll never be able to compete with like, a, you know, Alabama or something like that. It's just, it's just not possible. I mean, if all the talent went there, I mean, I feel like the NFL would still find them. But like I said, who wants to turn down? being basically in the NFL while you in college to go to HBCU. It's a slippery slope because, like I said, I wanted to go to HBCU, but chances are, you know, you make it, it's, it's, yeah. it's hard. So I, I don't think it ever happened like that. Maybe maybe basketball, but I, I don't think football would happen like that. Interesting. So so getting on to the to the college field, um, what was what was some of the biggest differences uh, going from high school varsity football to being on, a, on that big college field? Yeah, I just feel like, you know, just the size, everybody faster, stronger. Um, speed picks up a little bit. And, uh, I mean, it's really just like the margin for error just gets smaller and smaller. Every level you go through, mm -hmm. like high school, you can go out there. You, you could, I could be jogging, you know, just having fun. I still go off two, three touchdowns, whatever. But in college, that margin for error gets smaller. It's really like getting ready for the pros. I know at least in the ACC, like, mm -hmm. it, it's really – you got to see Clemson. You got to see Florida State, like – Mm. Them dudes pretty much league already. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely like a, a tune-up, but it's just like the, the speed and the margin for error is smaller. Who, who are some of the, the elite players in your conference when you were in college? Jalen Ramsey, was he still at FSU? He, he was there. Uh, Ramsey, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Jameis was there my freshman year. They had a – Florida State had a mob. Let's let, let you mention Ramsey. They had – Ramsey, they had James Wilder, Carlos Williams, the tight end Nick O'Leary was cold, Kenny mm. Starr, Char Green, their whole O line went league. Devontae Freeman was there. Like then they, they had, had a safety a from the Chargers too. Uh um, Derwin was there. Derwin James. I don't think he not not my freshman year, but he was there during my time. Uh um, okay. Lamarcus Joyner, like you name it. They they had mobs. Clemson, we had to see about Sammy Watkins. We had to see about Oof. Uh, yeah, like it, it was, it was real. So, it, it just look, look, look at all the dudes yeah. in the league balling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's different though too. Like, okay, so the, the college experience of having a team like that walk into the stadium or having to go into that territory, right? It has to be like, yo, like, okay, these is all future NFL or at least guys are gonna get a session to work out. Like, but you you took that challenge on. You knew what we, what you were going into going to Boston College, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, what was the expectation where I'm I'm competing against everybody? Doesn't matter if I stand out here. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Your mentality sure. going in. Yeah, for sure. Because at, at Boston College, I mean, they've been the punching bag of the ACC for for a minute. Like, just 
they can't recruit. It's cold up there. You got to have some type of grades. You got to, you know what I'm saying, get it. You got to get into school. So mm -hmm. we, we always had a problem, like, recruiting with those bigger schools. But we always had a cold defense. Yeah. All, all four years I was there, it's just like, because we tough, you know, we smart, we, we disciplined. So we always gave teams bump, like, in that aspect. But for me, yeah, it was just showcasing what we could do on defense. It, it was real separated <laughs> for me because the offense, look, I love them boys, but they wasn't they wasn't on that type of time. They so wasn't up really, to speed with y'all. <laughs> they really wasn't. So it was every week. It was look, we we number one. We was number one defense my junior year. So like we went out there and competed every every week. So I love them dudes, man. I, I wouldn't trade them for the world. You know what I'm saying? Going to Boston College, like the odds are against you. They they didn't think we was gonna mm -hmm. win any of them ACC games. But yeah, 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 it's all about competing. So so as you started, at what point, um in your years at Boston College, because obviously, you know, we all play sports and we all feel like, man, I could make it or, but what point did you really see like, it's right there? You know, was it, was there any, you know, was it any accolades you received that, that made you feel like I'm I'm right there? Or what, what kind of made you feel like, you know, it's within arm's reach of me getting to my dream? For sure. So I went up, I went up to BC as a corner. So my first two years I played corner. Um, my freshman year was mostly special teams. My second year, uh, one of the starting corners got he got suspended, so I ended up starting two games. I did I did pretty well. I was strapping them two games, but then I got hurt, missed five games, came back for the bowl game, and I was just looking at the roster like, all right, he leaving, he leaving, he staying, he staying. It was mm -hmm. a bunch of safeties graduating and a bunch of corners coming back. So already in my mind, I'm like, I might just move to safety, bro. Like. And they ended up paying off, and they moved me. It was like seamless because I had knew the whole defense already. But mm -hmm. I say after after my junior year, Justin Simmons from the Broncos, you know, mm -hmm. all pro pro. He's pro. a dog. He's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and him playing next to each other, mm -hmm. and it was he was up my junior year, his senior year. He was up, so I'm looking at our, our stats. I'm like, should I go leave right now? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, literally the same. We had the same numbers. Same ability, all that, but I ain't want to, you know, interfere with, you know, I go first, he go first. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Somebody, so he did his thing. He got drafted third round. So I'm like, okay, if he went, I'm definitely about to go too. So it was just, mm -hmm. you know, I was just thinking, have another senior year like that junior year, then we out of here. Mm. So, so you had a, you have a, a solid senior year, and then you go into the senior bowl. What for people that don't know what what is the senior bowl? What is it? Like as far as the practices and um, the evaluators who are there, just kind of take us behind the curtain of what the Senior Bowl experience was like. Right, it's it's pretty much like the combine, but football. Like you got pads on and you playing. So mm. every team is there, all coaches, all scouts, GMs, they're all there. Just and, and like you said, the practices are more important. Uh, it's really like it's really like the combine. Like they they going out there mm. evaluating. And for a guy like me, they, they select all the, the top prospects that they, you know, besides like the number one pick, he probably not going to go or whatever. But right, right. pretty much if you're draftable, you're going to get an invite to the senior bowl. And uh, it's really just like showcasing your ability. And a guy like me, I was on the fence. Like I got calls saying, oh, you might go second round. I got calls saying you might go in the six. I got a free agent, free agency calls. Like, look, if you don't get drafted, you can come here and sign as a free agent. I'm like, mm -hmm. So mm. for a guy like me, because I went to Boston College, I went out there and I was just, you know, they wanted to see if I could move. You know, watching tape is different from in person, like seeing what you could do and how you match up against better talent. Because everybody there is good, literally. Mm -hmm. So that's like your first dose of, uh, you know, just being in the NFL scheme. The the teams with the the two teams with the losing records from the previous year are the coaches of the teams. So my year, it was the Browns and the Bears. My team, the North team, we were coached by the Bears coaching staff. So it's kind of like you in the NFL for a week. Okay. Yeah, the South, they were coached by the Browns coaching staff. So it's kind of like you really – like if the Brown, if the Bears wanted to take me, I would already know the DB coach. I already know the head coach. We didn't already been in what that atmosphere before. Yeah, in the meeting rooms, you know what I'm saying, all that. So mm. it, was, it was a good opportunity. I mean, I took it and ran with it like because they didn't know what I could do. And I was out there playing corner and safety just like trying to show my versatility. They said I'm – smoother than what they thought i had like the most explosive movements in the in the place they track that for you so it's really like the intro to the combine like showing mm -hmm. who you are what you can do like what's your body type like they got mm -hmm. all the weigh-ins all the all the 
it's, it's pretty much the combine before the combine. Yeah. 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 And, and then like, so as far as, as far as now, you know what I mean? Transitioning to, to, to Cleveland, that, that's dope. But even in uh, that situation where you were in the, at the Rams, it was like, they were, you guys are really, really good in that pocket, right? Even going to the, the championship and everything like that. It was like, you know, going through that early on in your career, did you kind of have guys that you could kind of lean on at, who had been in playoff situations that maybe be able to give you some advice? What Like, was it nerves and things like that? Because it was looking like things were, you know, really about to hit, you know what I mean, until the, the championship, of course. So, but how, how did you feel about that going into it? Yeah, so my rookie year, it, everything was new. Co that was Coach McVay's first year. That was their second year in LA, but the first year they were they were just mm -hmm. they were trash. They were just trying to get the move situated. So yeah, my first year we went eleven and five, made the wild card game, lost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So coming into that next season, we were like, okay, Coach McVay, he know what he's doing. He built the culture here, winning. We about to turn things around, and then we brought in like that was the year we brought in Talib, Marcus yeah. Peters, all of them. Uh, big nah. Sue. Yeah, Big Sue. So yeah. we're like, oh, yeah, we on some win now time. And, yeah. and, and that's what it was. So, <laughs> and we did. We, we went out there. We had a good team. I think we won 13 games. Mm -hmm. uh, got the first round by the playoffs. Smoked the Cowboys. Then beat the I Saints. love when y'all smoke the Cowboys. I can't see yeah, the <laughs> Eagle fan over here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like smoked the Cowboys and uh, went on and beat the Saints. So I, I feel like. All those veteran dudes, even though like Big Sue never really, he was in Detroit, he never really had that playoff experience, but he was still a guy in the locker room like that knew what was going on, that been mm -hmm. there before, that won games. Tlaib had won the in Denver, so he was yeah. really the the dude in the DB room. Like, look, now nah, we got to do it this way, we got to do it this way. Even the mm -hmm. coaches listened to him, like, all right, bet mm -hmm. we're gonna do it this way, and it ended up working out because we made it there. And he was hurt most of that most of that year, but he still was in the locker room, still getting us right. So. Mm -hmm. I say like a key definitely was a, a big deal, and Marcus was right right below that. Yeah. Right. So what was what was your moment um, in the NFL? Because I know your first start got a pick six on on Russell Wilson. They won't pick me. six. <laughs> but I had a pick. <laughs> he had a pick. He had a pick on on Russell Wilson. So what Fire. was it like? Um, you know, getting that pick in your in your first start. To be honest, I was just on some because. I had seen like what had happened. I know it's, I know you hear it's a business, you know, it's a like what have you done for me lately? It's a production business, but that was like the first time I done seen it in, in real life because I'm a rookie. The starter, hmm. he had like the first game, they was just like, uh, uh maybe he just gotta knock the rust off. Second game, they was like, All right, bro, you made us lose the game. Third mm -hmm. game, he was kind of beat up and they was like, Come on, we can't we can't have you out there. So that fourth game. Mm -hmm. They told me I was gonna play like the sub packages, and he was gonna play like base, like big packages. Okay. And I did my thing. I had a few tackles. Uh, against the, it was against the Cowboys at, in Dallas, mm -hmm. so I had a few tackles. They said I had to like a big stop on fourth down to end the game on mm -hmm. season. And so after that, the following game going to Seattle, they said, "All right, young boy, you start the starter. You're not getting dressed." I said. Hey, like <laughs> it's cutthroat, baby. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, hold on. Did they say it like they come in there like you, you sit down and you we going over here real quick. I'm telling you, that's how it happened. Like it, it wasn't with the whole defense, it was just with the secondary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But yeah, that's how it was. It was like, Shorty, look, you're not you gonna be down this week. You start. He didn't even get dressed for that game. He was in sweats. Wow. I went out there. I and, and like like you mentioned before, my mindset was just like don't mess up. Like, just do your job. Like, don't try to be Superman. Just, just mm -hmm. be in the right place. And I was. And I got that pick. That following week, they didn't cut my dog. Yo. They didn't cut wow. my dog. So I'm like, all right, now I got to go out there and play. But, yeah, that, that pick definitely, like, was the, okay, that he the man now. So since then, I've been starting ever since. Like, no competing at practice for the safety. Nah, nah. I'm starting now. So it was cool. Yeah. Man, cool. man, that's a crazy transition, man. But go ahead, Drew. Kind of going back to what Tony Bro had mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. I want to go back to that New Orleans game. <laughs> that was a crazy. That I think that that's an all-time game. Um, you had a big interception in overtime. Mm -hmm. What was it like being in that crazy back and forth? Uh, with the legend Drew Brees. Oh yeah. yeah. So just it go back to early on. Like mm -hmm. I think we played them three times. 
that year. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't I know. Somebody might have played them. Yeah, I don't know, but it just felt like we kept playing. Oh no, we went <laughs> yeah. out in the preseason. We went out. In the yeah, pre-season. yeah, pre, yeah, pre work. Yeah. So yeah, we just, we just felt like we having to keep seeing about these dudes, and like it became a rivalry. Like just because I think we won one, and they won one, and we it was just back and forth. But we knew we had to win that game, and, and th- that moment was just like, all right. I told them dudes in the sideline. I said, look. I'm not trying to be in New Orleans all night, man. Let's, let's hurry up. I ain't even want to, to go overtime. I, I watched you overtime. mic'd up. I see you on the mic up. I, you do, you, I can hear you saying something like that. I, I said, you know what I mean? Out of here, because I think they, I think they pump crowd noise in the death stadium. Ain't you no, think so? They got to, because, because. All right, so it'll be loud, Ooh, whatever. We'll get a first down. It'll go dead silent. Oh. And then, like two or three seconds later, it just go. Ah, just get louder. You like, nah, ain't no way. So <laughs> that atmosphere, then it's in the dome. Then, like you said, they got Breeze, Kamar, Mike Thomas. I mean, like, yeah, I just went out of it. A and, lot. We made play, made enough plays to win. You know, we had that little the the no pass interference call. So like, well, you like know. you said. Yeah. Was it pass interference? I mean, what no flag though? What no no flag no call? Huh? I ain't Paul said no Ford flag. <laughs> Man, come on. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't seen no flag on the field, I'm telling you. I, listen, I respect that answer. I respect the answer. Got but, you know, I respect it. Hey, but. the refs mess up too, man. They 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 humans. If that's yeah. the case, they get robots from refs. They humans. Right. They, they mess up. <laughs> right, that's, that's now, true. Now, one thing I noticed about you just looking at the game tapes and everything, um, you, you have that, like, you get in between the hands and, and all that. You... You, the way you break up the ball, even the way that you hit people, very technically it's aggressive, but it's clean. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not too many times where you can say, "Yo, he's like going in for for the for blood." You know what I mean? And the strong safety position, it's tough to balance that aggression with that. You know what I mean? With this new NFL, so how did that? How did you your style get influenced that way? Because I think a lot of us grew up with John Lynch and Brian Dawkins headhunting, killing people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I just feel yeah. like, you know, being coached that way, uh, like we really coach tackling at my high school. So that's a blessing. You know, like I, like I said, at Boston College, we got to be able to be technical, disciplined, fundamental, or else we're going to get blown out the water just because right. the athlete, the, the athleticism is different. So, I mean, but yeah, my thing is I'm trying to stay healthy for one, mm. uh, keep my head out the game. And because most of the time when you see dudes make big hits, the guy that was doing the hitting is more hurt than the dude that was catching the ball. So like, mm-hmm. and I've seen that firsthand. Every time I try to mm, hit somebody, my shoulder, like, oh no, I ain't doing that again. So mm-hmm. just my health and adding years on to, to my career. I'm not, you know, in, in this league, everybody big, everybody lift weights. You're not about to knock somebody head off every time. And I'm only, I'm like 200 pounds. Dudes be 222, 30 running. It's physics. I'm not – you can't. You just can't. So, I mean, health and just being disciplined, being clean, like you said, that, that's always been a big thing for me. I think guys in general are more cognizant of that, and I'm actually happy about that. So, listen, I played enough football to know that it's the hits that don't make a noise. Them be the ones sometimes that really get you. So, it's like no real need to try to kill somebody to, you know, make a highlight. You feel what I'm saying? So, but, but go ahead, Driz. Um, you brought up your health. Um, your third season um was cut short. You had to have sur- uh, shoulder surgery. Um, what was it like, kind of going through that process and and going through the rehab to get back to the field? Man, that was the worst. That I mean, the rehab was cool. Our strength staff is like, I mean, the the strength staff and the and the and the trainers. It's like the barbershop when you walk in there, like people joking, like bidding on each other, laughing, playing. So like rehab was fun. It was sweet, but. Just not being able to like contribute to the team. Literally, me going to rehab. That's all I can give to the team. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't even really be outside on the field because once they doing that, I'm rehabbing or couldn't be in the meeting rooms like that. It was really just mm-hmm. waking up, going to work, coming right back here. It, it was times I just like laid on the couch because I was bored. Like, I, I I ain't I couldn't do much. My shoulder was right. banged up. I got a sling on. Man. So it, it it was it was like a dark period for a little bit. And then, like I said, I was really looking forward to maybe getting extended after my third year. Mm-hmm. That probably played a big factor into going into my fourth year. Them probably saying, hmm, let's maybe see. not, you know, we can, we could do without, we could do without them. So it was definitely like a dark period. Uh, missed the playoffs that year. 
Mm-hmm. Teammates like, damn, but we miss you. Coaches like, damn, we we feel you out there. When you out there, it's different without you. So right. that, that really like woke me up. Like, all right, I gotta I gotta get back to healthy, mm-hmm. get back hundred percent, really be out there with them boys. And then and then going into your 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 fourth season, you became a team captain. Uh, you was mic'd up every game. You you was in the head. They had you on the headset. Uh, what was it like becoming a captain uh, for the defense? Becoming a captain with a defense with Jalen Ramsey. To who me is the best corner in the world on it, and no arguably the best player in the league still, Aaron Donald. Even though he's on the D line, like, what mm-hmm. was it like being a captain of that ship with both of those guys on there? Yeah, it's just it's it's a blessing, it's an honor. Like that's all player voted. Like the team vote mm-hmm. on that. The coaches have no say in that. No one else. It's, it's all player voted. So when your peers look at you that way, you know it means a lot. I always felt like I was a leader. Um, you know, I felt like I probably could have been a captain earlier, but we had guys like Tlaib come in. We had mm-hmm. guys like Eric Weddle come in. Like, they came right in. They automatically going to have that seal on their chest just because they know so much. So that fourth year, I mean, it, it was huge. And then having that green dot calling the plays, we got a new D coordinator, and I, we kicked it off, like, as soon as he got in the building. Like, we knew what we was mm-hmm. about to be on. I, I seen him with Eddie Jackson. He was in Chicago with Eddie Jackson. The previous year, he was with Justin Simmons in Denver. So – I knew it was going to be real safety friendly and, you know, he was going to move me around and do stuff like that. And, you know, our linebacker situation, usually the linebackers call the plays, but uh, one guy, he was coming off an injury. The other ones were kind of rotating, fighting for the job. So I was kind of like that common denominator that they knew I wasn't going to leave the field. And mm-hmm. I had that vocal say. And like you said, dudes like AD, Ramsey, they listen. So, like, they knew yeah. it was me. And, and that's is a true honor. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what you know. I, that that might be a common trait amongst like the safeties, especially just because y'all see everything. Y'all also won't shut up. That's what people sell save with me. You know what I mean? Like they tell me that the safeties is a guy that's the most vocal all the time. Like, and I can sense it right because the NFL is like a, such a momentum game. Was ever times where you like you had to kind of deliver that? You know, what I mean, you got to get your act together type of speech to one of your teammates to where it was like yo like we got to do something or we're going to lose this game like how do you sort of balance that aggression with being informative with the teammates you know what i mean oh yeah i think that's just my personality in general i mean i mean away from football you can look at like just my friends and my family like i always been like Mm -hmm. the vocal like people gravitate towards me like because definitely definitely it's coming from a good place always so even if i did have to like yeah, I mean, in the league, it's a little different. We all grown, man. It's more of like, right, look, right. you got to do your job, like, or else, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen. Like, it's you got to produce. But, yeah, like you said, we do talk a lot. We see everything. I, I see everything before it happens. Nope. You cut out a little bit. No, we can't hear you. Uh-oh. We I got you now. We got you. We got you. Yeah, so I see everything before it happens. Um and like you said, I, I do a lot of talking, so I don't even wear a mouthpiece. People be like, <laughs> people like, you play without a mouthpiece? I'm like, yeah, I got to, bro. I'm talking before the snap. Like, I can't be trying to, nah, I ain't doing all that. So, <laughs> yeah, so we, we definitely the vocal leaders. But, yeah, every, before every snap, you know, when I'm calling the play, if it's a big third down, I'm, you know, I'm making sure everybody tapping in, everybody know what they got to do. Like, mm-hmm. look, this is it. This is Super Bowl. This play mm-hmm. right here, ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm chatting. Just, just keeping dudes, you know, comfortable. Like, I feel like a lot of people are comfortable. When I'm out there, so that's what I try yeah. to uh, display out there. What are who are some of your um just going back looking at? I know for me personally, Ed Reed was like one of my favorite players ever, especially from the safety spot. Who are yeah. some of your influences from the position? Yeah, Ed Reed. Um, I mean, I'm from the DC area. Sean Taylor was huge. I mean, mm-hmm. he he might have been the mm-hmm. best ever, but I just like those dudes that that do everything, like all around players, like even guys like. That he don't even get recognition like that. I like Patrick Chung, like dudes that literally can do everything. I always looked up to those guys and Ed Reed, like he'd go out there and play special teams, he'd take a rep at gunner, he'd do literally whatever, anything yeah. on the field. So I always looked up to those dudes. Yeah. What are what all right? So <laughs> I always wonder because it's like I'm that fan that players probably hate. I'm that fan on this couch talking about man, how you didn't stop him. How you let him run by you? <laughs> Me, <laughs> but, yeah, that, I'm I'm that fan. Absolutely. What is it like? What is it like when you know Odell Beckham come line up in front of you, or you know 
uh, Devontae Adams come line up in front of you. And he has Aaron freaking Rodgers putting all diagramming all of this, putting everything together. What is it like just just being in front of that and having to deal with that? And the the mind trick, because it's a mind battle too. Mm -hmm. So so what's it like being in those type of battles with those elite Hall of Fame talents? Yeah, so I think we think about stuff like that. You know, obviously when we game plan and preparing for the week, we got a whole week to get ready for these dudes. And that's what it come down to. Like, if you know what they trying to do, if you know what, like, they want to do, you know if Vontae lined up in this spot, they're going to want to run this type of route, get them the ball in that position. Like, you really got to fall back on that. And mm -hmm. your preparation and the other 10 dudes, that's how I get peace of mind. Like, look, right. I know Rams is going to do his job, so I got to be there for him. I know right. he's going to do his job. I got to be there for him. So it's really like right. you never really truly – I mean, maybe Ramsey is a little bit, but you never really truly, like, just no help on an island. Like, even sometimes you see him by himself, he's not really by himself. I yeah. got, I'm always mm -hmm. going to be conscious of what's going on over there. So, I mean, just that preparation and, you know, studying and, and trusting your brothers and that really – Helps pay it all because if I'm lined up on a receiver, I'm gonna tell my other safety like, "Hey, bro, like, <laughs> <laughs> you see me over here, you know don't you? Help <laughs> me. You double team them, but like, look, just don't right. go nowhere. Stay right here. So just right. trusting your brothers and that game plan. Like, you, we're ready by the time the game come around. We got a week mm -hmm. to get ready. What What's more difficult to kind of deal with? Um, you know, obviously the league is changing. Everybody's airing it out. You're seeing guys throw 50, 60 times in a game. Uh, would you rather deal with somebody who's going to throw 50, 55 times or somebody like a Baltimore, somebody who's like, look, I don't care what you do, or like a Tennessee, I don't care what you do. You could put eight in the box, nine in the box. We are running it. What is more difficult to kind of deal with? Oof, I'd probably say it all depends on who you got up front, like in your personnel. So. Mm -hmm. This past year, if a team think they just gonna come in and just throw the ball all around, they sadly mistaken. Like right. it'd be your best bet to try to run the ball no matter what, because we playing with so much depth. Like we laughing at dudes when they running routes. That's how clean it was for us this year. And then we got rushers. We had secondary boys rushing. AD was rushing. Like we had dudes really selling their soul, rushing the quarterback for us. So it was mm. just like a partnership. We had an unbelievable relationship, like with the D line and the secondary. It was it's. One one for the books. Like, we literally gave up 280 a game. Like, teams wasn't moving the ball on us like that. So, mm -hmm. I'd probably say, depending on who you got, if we got all big dogs up front, you know, it'll probably be a little harder to stop the pass. Dudes might have to be, you know, in one-on-one -on -one situations. But mm -hmm. this past year, we had – you pick your poison. Like, we, we yeah. it, it, I don't care what you try to do. We was going to be good. Right, right. Yeah. Interesting. I, you know what? You know what? The, there was something that struck me that you said, and um, I think it was one of the interviews where you're talking about the Browns and moving to situation. You like, you get the sense that they really care about you, and that there was a real, actual family, a camaraderie there. Like, what what does care mean in in sports? Like, because that that's something I, I don't understand as an athlete. Like, I can read the press, and they have their own filtered lens of it, but what does care actually mean to an athlete? Like. What type of support are you kind of referring to? Well, Cleveland is it's a one of a kind city. I like I hadn't even been in the city for twenty four hours. They recognize me already. They they know who I am. Like they say, I probably never pay for dinner out there. You know stuff like that. That's a good hook. General up. manager of the Browns. He's I think he's thirty three years old. Like he's not too far removed from the game. Like he knows he was in the league. He knows like how stuff works. So the vibe that I get from them is like real homely. Like. It's not L.A. where, you know, they care about going out or, or uh, what celebrity in the building. It's really like football. Like, we're going to do whatever we got to do to get this thing right. And it wasn't like that before. Because me, when I was coming out of the draft, no disrespect to the, to the old you know, GM and stuff like that. But I didn't really feel that. It was kind of like they worried about the wrong stuff. Hmm. This situation we're in right now, I talked to the DB coach. We ain't even really talk about football. We talked about just like life, just like mm -hmm. Just chopping it up, getting to know each other. Like he right. said, he a family man. I called him on Facetime. His kids running around in the background. Like he, it's 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 bigger than just the business. It's like a yeah. relationship. You building relationships with people, and it's not like that everywhere. Mm -hmm. How how hard is it to build kind of that uh, camaraderie 
even with your peers and, and team, because at the end of the day, it's a job. And, you know, if they bring in somebody in the camp, they, you know, it's only so many spots. So how do you how do you walk that fine line of hey, we got to work together? But also, listen, ain't nobody taking my spot. Like, how do you how do you walk that fine line in the locker room? Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, I, I feel like it come down to, you know, your character and your integrity. Like for me, yeah, I've been they drafted two safeties last year. But I wasn't mm -hmm. really worried about, you know, getting my spot take. I'm worried about they're the future. They drafted them just like they drafted me. They they going to play. So mm -hmm. I'm more worried about, you know, the team success, you know, the guys that I've been working hard with for four years. Like, look, I'm going to give them everything that I know because eventually I'm, I know, like, that's how I work. No, look at Tom Brady. They thought <laughs> he was going to be a Patriot forever. He got yeah. a bond there. So if, if he can't stay on one team, it's extremely difficult. You know you're going to move on. But like I said, I think it just come to – down to your character because you got guys out there that's kind of like standoffish that won't you know like that won't coach you coach the young dudes up yeah. or you know they won't even think about them won't even help them out like it's, it's dudes like that but it's it's a it's a tricky situation but i think it come down to like you as a person and and how you how you were brought up shannon sharp gave a a training camp story where he said you know he was competing for for a position a position job and uh one of the vets, he asked him, yo, what's the route? He said the vet gave him the wrong route on purpose. See? That's crazy. Yeah, bro. I was like, I could not believe it. it I guess because we haven't been in those shoes, it, that never crossed my mind that somebody would do that. But, you know, it's a, it's a, it could be a grimy business, I guess. Yeah. And that's another thing with the Browns. Like, they don't want guys like that. Like, they said they love Baker to death because he's a competitor. Like, he, he do things the right way. Is he the best? We don't know. We're going to see. But he do the things the right way, and they get dudes in the building that, like, actually love the game, that love doing things the right way. And that, that's another reason why I'm saying, like, you can just feel it once you walk in the building. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I think that's – that. to me, all the, the dynamics of sports are very interesting and things like that. And just in terms of stadiums, I, I there's a question I need to ask about stadiums. Most ruthless stadiums of fans – with saying things that we won't say here today, but strongly worded language toward yourself, where you felt like, yo, like they really don't like us in here. Like what was <laughs> the, the most hostile sort of stadium environment where, you know, they 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 kind of was circling the wagons a little bit. How was what was that for you? So I got I got like I got three good ones. Mm. I think I'm gonna have to put the Saints at number one. Wow. And, and it's and it's mostly like it's not really directed towards us it's just like these are saints like who that we that like they like, <laughs> like, like it's not really they choreographed like, and they hate for y'all yeah they go hard like they really <laughs> love them saints down there so they're one i'm gonna have to give love to cleveland because that's where i'm about to go it's really like a dog pound like the, the inside barrier of the, of the the stadium it's like a fence it's like them dogs on the other side of the fence. Beware them dogs. Like it, it's it's really like the dog pound in there. And then the stadium is right on the lake. So it's windy. The the grass is always wet, like slick. It's like mm -hmm. a hard place to play. Uh mm. three, these people say stuff. They don't care what they say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't get we don't notice because y'all got your helmets on, the stadium is loud. I, NBA, you might can see something. NFL, I have no clue. Watch it from home. So the Seahawks, the Seahawks, oh, six Seahawks. Men, the, the 12th man, every all four years that I played, it's the same exact people in the same <laughs> spot. You go up there every four years, it's the same people in the same spot. And they know you, you know them. We're like, oh, look at him. He's back over here chirping, like heckling, wow. man, heckling everybody, calling them a little kid. Like, like they, they, they go crazy up there. So, but we, on our part, we went up there and shut them down. I think like three out of the four years. So. Yeah. We, we we do good up there, but they they crazy too. What what um what was it like playing in empty stadiums this year? I, I know that that had to be weird. Yeah, it was at, early on. It was kind of like at practice, like even just running out out the out the tunnel. It's just nobody. Mm -hmm. It's like what are we doing? It felt like a spring game or something. But one mm -hmm. one you know once that that ball that boy foot hit that ball, like it's game time. Like yeah. it's another team in front of you. They they trying to win too. So. Right. It was it was a little different, you know. You make a big play, all you hear is your sideline, like the trainers. They go crazy. The strength coaches they go crazy. Like 
really whoever you bring in there, like that's all you got. That, that's yeah, for you. So, us versus them. It was a little different, you know, it, like the media people couldn't even be on the field, like all the cameramen and stuff. I think it was like one or two on the field, but everybody else was in the stands. That was a little different, but I, we, we got used to it over the year. Then luckily we went to uh, Tampa. They have fans. Miami have fans. So we got a little bit of taste of both. I was very upset about that. I'm, I'm a Washington fan. As you know, we couldn't have no fans, and I just felt like it was an unfair advantage, bro. If we can't have fans, can't nobody have fans. I don't want to hear that. Bitter fans of like teams that aren't doing that great, but I'm just saying, like you know, we we need our we need our space to yell at people. That's a fact. Yeah. Nah, for sure. I'm like I said, I'm from the DC area. My parents mm-hmm. couldn't even go to the game. They couldn't even stop by the hotel and see me. Like when the next time mm-hmm. I'm gonna play there? Who knows? So yeah, it was it was a little down year. Yep. What was it like even for, for practice? I mean, you guys had to get you had to get tested like every single day and all types of stuff. What was what was that like? It became routine. Like you go on there, like you said, we get tested every day. We had like a little tracker to see who you're sitting next to. And like everybody in the building got this little tracker, like it's contact tracing. Mm-hmm. Um if if somebody ended up testing positive and I was around him for more than a minute or two minutes, I gotta sit out too. Until I get like wow. two two negative tests, two three negative tests. So, like when you seen COVID related, or it, it not didn't necessarily mean they got it, but like they might have been around somebody that got it, or you know something like that, and they still had to sit out. And it, it became routine. You know, you just go into the work, get your little tracker, get your test, and really that's pretty much it. You had to wear masks most of the time. You know what I'm saying? It's hand sanitizers everywhere. Mm-hmm. They ended up putting um like little levers on the bottom of doors so you can open the door with your foot. Like, it was just a bunch of stuff to the, the Gatorade refrigerators they had. You got to open it with your foot. Like, it was just a bunch of stuff like that to try to keep us safe and, you know, risk mitigation, try to just – it's inevitable. It was – people were going to get it. But, you know, that, it was a bunch of stuff they did, and they did a good job, I think. Yeah, I, I was actually very surprised that the NFL made it all the way through. Uh, I was worried in the beginning. I'm like, man, there's no way – it's 50-some dudes on every team. There's no way y'all going to get through a full season. And y'all did it. So kudos to all the players in, in the whole NFL for, for yeah. completing the season. Without yeah. a doubt. I mean, that was uh, that was tough. I don't think people are going to forget that. You know what I'm saying? I, I often think, though, too, you know, what's going to be the difference when things over, like really open back up? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, what do you predict in terms of just the crowd, the media, the things like that? Do you see the landscape even changing at all? In terms of like, yo, we really missed this. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. Like, where it's going to go? Because I feel like eventually you're gonna need like a certificate to like do anything, like get your vaccination. I think you, I think everybody gonna have to get it eventually. Mm-hmm. I think they just gonna require that, like, to get on the plane. You are gonna have to have your paperwork, like. So I, I, we can't, we can't hear you. Uh, you got me. We got you now. We got Everybody want to call me today. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think it's just gonna be that you got need you need your paperwork to do anything. So, mm-hmm. are they gonna do that with stadiums? I don't know, but I'm I don't know where it's gonna go. They they gonna get it right. I think they gonna have to just open stuff back up completely eventually. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, I mean, I I can't I can't see us in the scenario of doing this again. But the right. fact that we know how is good. The fact that everybody's more cognizant of their health. In general, it seems like players and, and just coaches in the league and everything is more cognizant of health and like what you do off the court in terms of like dieting and things like that. You know what I mean? Like what the importance of that as you're going through and developing in football and stuff like how was that? Like at first, did you have that discipline naturally to just be like, all right, I need to I need to get my body right. I need to get together, put the Skittles down. Mm-hmm. Or did that come over time? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm still working on that. Uh, but the, the guys that do it the best, you it shows. I mean, I think they say LeBron spend X million amount on his body every year, you know, stuff like that. But I'm still working on that. I, luckily, I'm in the, you know, I'm still young. Like, my metabolism, <laughs> you know, it's fast. Like, I, I can do a little something. But eventually, I'm going to have to really lock in and make sure, you know, I'm doing the right things when nobody looking. Yeah, definitely. Tom, we, we do this with, with every guest. We do. Uh, we do area trivia. So, Tone, he done whipped up a few DMV yeah. area questions oh, yeah. for you. Uh, yeah, right, a, little right. of, a little bit of DMV right. trivia for you. So, we're going to test your DMV skills out right now. I Let's bet. get to that, Tone. We are. We are. All right. All right. <clears throat> so, all of this stuff is, yeah, it's, it's 
germane to the area. And now I got to be honest. Now, DM, DMV and DC, I get yelled at all the time because I yeah. just think, you know, DC, Maryland, Virginia. But you run up on somebody in Norfolk, they're like, yo, what is that? That's not <laughs> like, what are you ready to fight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I really had to figure, I had to zoom in to different things. Okay, cool. Now, so let's get to let's get to the first question. Now, the first question is this. Um, this movie in the DC universe was shot in Washington, DC. Uh, it's rated amongst the best in the collection. It features two 90-year-old men meeting up uh, and a black man uh, with wings. What's the name of that movie? <laughs> Hold on. A nine-year-old, two nine-year-old is no. 90-year-old oh, men. 90. They were 90 years old, about. They were basically running the fade for about an hour and a half. Hey, and you said were, a DC Universe movie? That it, it no, and a wait, Marvel. It's in the Marvel Universe. I'm sorry. I'm, I messed that up. It's in the Marvel <laughs> Universe. It's two 90-year-old men fighting for an hour and a half and a black man with wings. You've seen it. I know you've seen this movie. It's a Marvel movie. It's a part of the universe. The extended is, it, is it Spawn? No. No? No, it's not Spawn. Think newer. Think more recent. Think... Um, two dudes fighting for 90 minutes? No, two dudes fighting for an hour and a half, pretty much, right? <laughs> two 90-year-old people. Two 90-year-old men. And it's, it, it takes place in D.C. That's what you said. It, no, yeah, it takes place in D.C. Right, right. I don't it's know. It's part of the Marvel Universe. All right, let me go. Let me go. Let me go through. Let me go through. Yeah. It's the second installment of one of the heroes' trilogy. So it's one. You know how all the heroes got a trilogy. Iron Man has a trilogy. You know, it's like the second of his. So who is this, man? I don't know who this is. What, what, what movie I'm is thinking, is it, I can't be Venom. <sighs> okay, Scarlett Johansson. Who the hell she play? She was in it. Scarlett <laughs> Johansson is is is. That's not that's not Spider Man girl. No no no. Scarlett Johansson she pretty. That's uh. That's black. That's my black Widow. She was Black Widow, right? I don't know what's the movie. It's not Captain America Winter Soldier, man. What's it called? Captain America Winter Soldier. Would have never guessed that. You would have never guessed. I would never either. Yo, he literally <laughs> fell into the Potomac. Okay, all right. Anyway, <laughs> it, it's all good. I ain't never, I ain't see that movie, so I would have never you, guessed. You didn't see Captain America: Winter Soldier. You never I seen either. I ain't gonna lie to you. All right, all right. See both of y'all, bro. So you come all up right, here, you give us this cool story. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you're a star, great I'm athlete. All right, all good. All right, let's let's get to it. Now, this DMV area native boasted an impressive resume at DeMartha High School. DeMartha. Uh, and he left college his junior year to become a two-time All-Star. Who is this person? One-time All-NBA. Victor Oladipo? Yes, sir. That is correct. Okay, okay. It's good. Stop playing with me. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um. All right, so... Uh, name four all stars from the Washington Wizards since 2005. Gilbert Arenas, okay. Was Deshaun Stevenson all star? No, no, Gilbert Arenas, John Wall, mm -hmm. Bradley Bill. Mm -hmm. Come on, he sucked for so long. Like, he's he okay. I'll give you. He, no, I'm he, gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Let me think of them five they had. I know, I know. You said 05. I'm thinking like Brendan Haywood, Jared Jeffries. Mm, he was on that, they, he was on that they, team. Get warmer. Come on, get warmer. He nope. had to be an all star. He won an all star. Who? The the person who made it had a funny type game. Karan Butler won an all star. He was. He was. Oh, he was. It was Karan. Yes, I, yes, I yes, thought it was. was. It wasn't Antoine Jameson. Karan. Yes, Antoine Jameson. Karan Butler had to be an all star. Yeah, he had to, just, okay. at least one time. Right. Yeah. Right. That, that's okay. Antoine okay. Jameson game was definitely goofy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> right. He had that funny game, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. So so how many? So what, what was that? What was it? We had three. Uh, all right, all right. Let's let's get to this because uh, Driz, you you kind of took the top five receiver, like you took the top five safety 
comment thing for me because he talked about safeties. Let's go the other way. Let's go the other way because this is all some of this is, can be opinion based as well. Top five receivers that you have played against since you've been in the league, in your opinion, who's the top five? Tyreek Hill. Mm. I'm going to go Julio. Mm. I'm going to go D-Hop. Tyreek, Julio, D-Hop. I'm going to go Devontae Adams. And I'm going to go – I'm trying to think of somebody who just – we couldn't stop. We, we, we do a pretty good job. Uh, And I'm going to go – I'm going to go DK. He had a good year. Okay, okay. That's a good five. That's a great five. That's a, that's a great five. Yeah, that's yeah. a great five. I mean, I like the, the superlatives as well. Like, who's the like who, who's the best sort of route runner? Like, you feel like, yo, not the fastest guy, right? But, like, the they can get there, you know what I mean, in terms of just getting to that spot. You feel me? Like, who, yeah. who are the best route runners to you? Uh, Mike Thomas, but he, he got a real – I feel like his menu, his, his little route tree is a little different. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Mike Thomas, Devontae. He's nasty. I feel like D-Hop real sudden. And he he catch everything. You can, you can put the ball in wherever you want, but he'll, he'll get to the spots. Uh, and shoot, that's three. Okay. Them, them dudes. Oh, look. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me go back because this don't really count, but it counts. Mm. Cooper Cup is like that. <laughs> here he go. Here he, here he go. Do you like that? What you is it like? Cup game? What well, yeah, I yeah, he's yeah. Cooper Cup is cold. He he had to, okay, he had to warm me up to Cooper Cup. I wasn't on the Cooper Cup train at first. Yeah. John, he taught he, he said, yo, watch him. He said, watch him. And I watched him. That was a monster. You know them dudes that run their routes like they playing basketball? Like that's him. Like he got that oh. Odell. He kinda, he, he not as explode, he not as fast as Odell, but he got like that. <laughs> I don't see yeah. him shift the best of the best. Tell wow. Me. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Okay. All right. Another another uh, trivia question for you. Now, this DC native has appeared in several films. Uh, great role received a critical acclaim in movies like Hustle and Flow. Taraji. They- <sighs> Go ahead. Let me hear. Let me hear. Let me hear it. Over. Go ahead. Let me hear. Let me hear the rest. Yeah. Yeah. That was that. Okay. So that that was uh that was the one. And then after that. Obviously, I gotta I gotta throw in like a weird history question and stuff like that. What year? What year was the Martin Luther King Monument built? Mm. Martin Luther King Monument. I'm gonna go with. There's no way I'm gonna get it, but Martin Luther King Monument. Yeah. What what year did it open? It's, it's in DC. I feel like it's gonna be fairly. I feel like it's gonna be nah. He died like in the in the fifties or sixties, right? Yeah, like I'm I'm talking about the statue, the the actual the statue that they just opened up. Oh, so they just opened it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go. When was when? Oh, look. I'm gonna think. Look. Okay. So Barack, mm-hmm. it gotta be around that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All around that time, yes. around that time. Yes. Okay. Around that time. Oh, okay. Black president. Yes. I'm going to go 20. What was that? Oh, what? Hold on. He been in, sir. He been at 8. Trump been at 4. That's 12 years. 08, 09, 08. Uh, you'd be off by two years. 2011 is actually mm-hmm. when it's done. Yeah. Yeah. But that's close. I like what it gotta you know, be something with Barack. Like, Barack got all of his hair. Probably like, look, yeah. I need this. So, yeah. Oh, uh, of course we will be remiss. The best rapper in DC is who, or from DC, from the area. Give us your top three. Yeah. I'm about to say, is this yeah. opinion based or, or yeah, your your opinion? opinion. Who you like? Uh, things you like? Because mm, it all depends. Y'all probably not even gonna know. Like, it's I cool. grew up like I. Fat Trail was, was Fat Trail. Come on, no, no, we know it. Fat Trail. I knew he was gonna say that. I knew he was gonna say that. Fat Trail was that man. Mm-hmm. Shaq Glizzy was that man. Right. Glizzy gang. And I'm a I'ma go, I'ma go with Brent. Mm. Brent Fire. I'm going with mm. Brent. Okay. He makes great music. I am gonna I ain't gonna lie, I'm a little shocked that you left Wale out, but whatever. Or gold link. I thought it was gonna be a gold link type of like like shout out. <clears throat> Uh, uh, <laughs> but nah, I mean Wale. 
I ain't gonna lie, Wale was hot. When he was hot, he was hot. But yeah. I seen him at Lollipop the other day, so I had to leave him out of there. Uh, <laughs> come on, know. man. What? <laughs> Wait, so yo, Wale, Wale to me, at one point he was like, you know, freshman cover era, he was the guy, but man. I think he sort of transcended, you know, he's he's really gotten away from the old. Yeah, for sure. Years. Like lyr- lyrically, he mm-hmm. I still think he up there, like just yeah. straight. Wordplay, we right. on a wordplay lay. Like he, he mm-hmm. he's still up there, but you know I I seen him at Lollipop the other day. So. Nah, <laughs> come <laughs> on, bro. Wait, so, so so okay, all right. And then the other things too. Uh, just as far as uh music, and you know we cover battle rap up here as well. You know I don't know if you how, how much in tune with you are with the with the battle rap things. You got Cassidy coming back against Hitman. I mean these are things that I would love to. Sort of get your your opinions and things like that on, you know what I mean? If you if you are in tune with any of the culture, who are some of the people that you like? Things like that. So yeah, early on, I say like, see, I I got an older brother, so we used to watch like uh, uh who was it, Murder Mook, mm-hmm. Serious Jones. We I used to listen to all way before yeah. I was supposed to be listening to them. So I got to pay homage to them, but I like. I, I like Hitman. I mean, he just real, he got that delivery. He real creative with his, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it ain't really what he's saying is how he's saying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I like. I like, I like Sue Surf. Yeah. I like, okay. I like that. The, I think that big dude, Boo Boo, who, what's the big dude name? That is me. <laughs> You talking about shotgun shit? Shotgun shit? No, 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 shotgun, no. not shotgun shit. Uh, 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 is it twerk? Oh, uh, you don't like twerk? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he did. He was doing the. He was doing like the demonic voice. Yeah, the yeah, best. Um, not- <laughs> yeah, you not. How you not in tune? <laughs> it's going. Yo, oh. nah, nah. I, I, I you got it too. Before he puts you in the, but you gonna be in a haymaker. You might end up in the trailer. Like, hey, look. <laughs> like if they hit me, I'm giving JJ three. Like, nah, no, look, look, I'm telling everybody it got an opinion. Everybody, some people might think he the best. Everybody yeah. got an opinion. So, yeah, I, I ain't really been tapped in like that. But Hitman and Cassie, that sound like when that when that drop. That is this weekend. Actually. Oh yeah, this weekend. I'm yeah. gonna have to check that. Yeah. You know, uh, and then just one thing that also lingers just in my in my brain as well. Right. Because I was arguing about, you know, best albums all the time, like your personal favorite albums, like just any genre of music. You can include hip hop, whatever, across the gamut. You know, what I mean, some of your favorite albums that you like the vibe to for game day. Mm. What do we listen to on game day? To be honest, I just listen to whatever they got and bump in the locker room. I'm more like that. You could put on like some. House music, and I'm gonna turn everybody up in the locker room. So we listen to a lot of future, uh, whatever hot right now. I mean, literally, like just whatever on like rap caviar, like whatever is popping. Like that's what I, that's what I listen to. But mm-hmm. albums, like straight up, like future got a bunch of albums that I can listen to from start to end, no skips. Uh, I heard that new Raw Wave is one of those. Oh yeah, so, like, I, I I gotta check. I heard a few songs, but I heard start to finish, no skips. Um, who else? Uh, albums. Oh, Lil Wayne. I mean, I don't know if you can consider them albums, but like, yeah, oh, them tapes. Yeah, let's mention all them. them tapes. Louisiana dedication oh, too. Louisiana. All them tapes. All uh-huh. them. All them. I, that that was my favorite rapper. He still is like number one. I don't even like list him no more when I talk like top right. three and stuff like that because I think he in the class of his own, but. All the little wings, most of the future stuff you can you can just ride to and different. Yeah. Different. That's a fact, man. Yep. All right. Yo, this is uh this has been great, man. I, I have appreciated hearing your story and everything like that. It's uh it's good because I think a lot of times the stars have a perception that they're not down to earth, right? You know what I mean? Everybody come from somewhere and you just happen to work hard, stand out, and like you said, you took advantage of the time that you was given and you was able to, you know, be impressive and stuff. So I'm hoping for big things, man. You know what I mean? I, listen, I'm a, I'm an Eagles fan. So if you guys play the Eagles, I mean, you know, that, that day, if you wanted to slow down a little bit, that's cool. <laughs> if you want to slow down a little bit. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't encourage, like, not success, but I'm just saying my Eagles is – that that's what it is. But I wish you all the success, bro, in the right. league, just in life. You know what I mean? 
appreciate that, man. Same to you. It's been it's been great, man. Chopping it up with y'all. It's just like we having a conversation. So right, yeah, right. It, it's real cool. Definitely appreciate you, bro. Um, you know, taking the time out. Uh, this was very important to us. You know, you took time out your day, so I definitely appreciate you. Um, you know, I don't know what I could do to you know repay you. You know. 33 million after you sign for 33 million later, it ain't too much you could get somebody. But you know, I had somebody make some tacos. I'll get some tacos. Right. You know, it's all right. love. Right. You know it's we all love. You, Definitely. Yep, no doubt. No doubt. All right, man. So shout out to John Johnson. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate the man's time. Yo, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. Good brother. You know what I'm saying? Strong safety, Cleveland Browns, NFL. Different. Driz. It was a good. It was a good show, man. Uh, yeah. Great conversation. I learned a lot. Um, you know, um, it was it was a good. It was a good conversation. Definitely. One hundred. One hundred. And I, I think I think the uh, the other thing, the takeaways though, is look how many times he talked about you know his teammates. Look how many mm-hmm. times he mentioned the people that helped shape him. Look how many times he actually talked about that. Right. Like I think just like mm-hmm. in most team sports, you really actually have to be selfless in order to to get ahead. You can't have this me first mentality and when certain people is talking you got to be quiet Driz, you, you got to shut up you know what i'm saying yeah. ramsey talking like when these yeah. guys are talking you know mm-hmm. what i mean and then eventually when you get the chance to run with it you got to be you got to be the lead you know what i'm saying and and i i know part of the profile has to be that temperament right because all of the the this publications were like yo this was a steal as far as free agency like this is a big look yeah i mean everybody was high up on him and i think it's that mentality it's that character i think that also factors into it you know what i mean so definitely definitely say that great show man great great job um great conversation uh we look forward to bringing more of this type of content to you guys so um, you know subscribe share yeah uh, get in tune give us your thoughts and all that too follow us at the black compass d-a black compass Salute, Driz. We up out of here now. We got we got more things this weekend or this yeah. week that we got to get into. But we gonna chill. All right. Definitely. Anyway, Black Compass Media. Peace. <laughs>